Thanks for tuning in to Voices in DevOps. If you enjoy this podcast, please check out John's reports and blogs on gigaohm.com, where he covers all things DevOps, data, and strategy, addressing many of the topics covered in Voices in DevOps. Hello and welcome to this episode of Voices in DevOps, where I'm here to speak to Isaac Sakolik. Have I got your name right there? You got it pretty close. It's Isaac Sokolik. Sokolik. Oh, I, I'm terribly sorry. That's, that's, my, that's my British English accent coming out there. And uh, uh, the other thing I'm not going to try and do is, is, is introduce your, your, your title because you've got I looked at your LinkedIn page. <laughs> it's, it's a long list. So, uh, so why, why don't you um, uh, introduce yourself as, as you would to, to any person that's wanting to know about you? Absolutely. Uh, John, thanks for having me and, and hello to all the listeners. Uh, the best way to understand me is, uh, you know, through a, a few journeys that I've been on, I got my early career um, starting in the 90s as a startup CTO. So I have my chops in um, how to grow organizations and do application development um, and really run fast. Um, I then pivoted my career and worked for enterprises that wanted to transform their businesses, uh, build customer-facing applications, build analytics capabilities, become more efficient with automation. Along that journey, um, I started, I would say, my third career as a writer and a speaker. Um, I started a blog about 12 years ago that now has over 400 posts on it. It's a blog called Social Agile and Transformation. I now write for CIO mm-hmm. Online. I write for InfoWorld. Um, I also do quite a bit of speaking. And, uh, you know, nowadays I do a lot of consulting, and my consulting is really helping organizations become smarter, faster, innovative with technologies, um, how to become proficient with um uh, everything from application development to automating data pipelines to running things in the cloud. Uh, and really, my focus is in three different areas. It's how to be agile, how to uh, implement DevOps uh, changes, and how to become data-driven. Perfect. If I'm not wrong, um, most people, and I'm using that, to, it's like saying uh, you know, the average company, there's no such thing as the average person, I get that, but my understanding is most people do it completely the other way around to what you've done. They, they they start working for bigger companies and then they go, actually, I don't know, midlife crisis moment. I, I think I'm going to work for a startup. You've, you've done exactly the opposite, which is kind of intriguing. Yes. Yes. And, you know, uh, I think people somewhat follow the path that's put in front of them and then pivot and get smarter about what they want to do. And, you know, I like leading organizations. I like seeing them uh, – compete and thrive with really good te- uh, technology, really good data, and really good collaborative practices. And, you know, uh, I've looked at my career as sort of doing it in three different spots. Uh, and so it's been fun. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, from that point of view, I, I, I've got a kind of massively philosophical meta question for you first, which is, um, uh, let's let's see how we get on with this. We haven't had any practice to this. So um, <laughs> essentially, DevOps, you say that's that's one of the areas that, that that you specialize in. When you work in as a kind of broader enterprise context, does DevOps actually exist? Given oh. the fact that we're talking about innovation, we're talking about agility, is it a manifestation of that stuff, or is it just kind of get on and do this stuff? Yeah, you know, it, it's something yep. is it specific, or is it a general thing? 
Uh, I think it's uh, specific, but I think what it means really changes and is different depending on the type of organization that you're running, uh, the mm -hmm. platforms that you're doing, um, really the also the end users that you're targeting. Um, so let's break that down a little bit, right? So I think what I find most organizations having to do is do a lot more applications, um, deploy applications faster. Some of them are more um, internally focused. Some of them are externally focused. Some of them are very data rich. Some of them are design focused. You know, and so some of those are the nuances that go into what the business is about. But I haven't met a single IT leader, CIO, digital leader that comes up and say, oh, yeah, things are easy. I have plenty of resources <laughs> and skills and there's no demanding requirements. You know, I could just, you know, uh, do my work sprint to sprint and everybody's happy. Everybody has too much work to do. There's more too much customer demand. There's too much technology. Um, I also don't hear CIOs coming to me and saying, you know what? You know, we got this legacy stuff and we got all this new applications to do. Our, our budgets are significantly increasing so that we can do both. Um, mm. neither, neither of those are happening. And so, you know, the cliche is to do more with less. And I think there's a certain uh, reality there. We're doing more app dev. Uh, we're doing uh, things that require higher service levels. Um, the security posture is uh, more threatening today than it ever was. And uh, we're not getting necessarily any budgets to go and do this um, at greater scale or breadth um, up front. We have to build that up over time. Um, and so I think that's a lot of where DevOps comes to play, right? It comes mm. into, um, you know, how does the application team get to deploy things uh, more reliably, more frequently, um, and at scale? How does the operating teams collaborate with them and have a stable set of infrastructure to deploy it to? And where the two come together really is around the different types of automation that you can put in place. Um, what level, what expertise, what level of maturity you put that in place really depends on the type of application um, the type of risk factors, and what the end users need. And so I've worked with some companies that are doing relatively low-risk, customer-facing type of products, uh, and so doing very fast automations that do deployments you know, every few days, if not every day, are, are very realistic for an organization like that when they're dealing with new technologies. Um, and then I've worked with others that are doing a lot of B2B, a lot of workflow-oriented applications, um, high volumes of data, and, uh, you know, user experience that requires uh, significant training whenever there's uh, a change to a workflow. And so, you know, those organizations still need automation. They need automation at the data level, um, at the testing level. Uh, and maybe they don't need to do deployments as frequently as a, a B2C startup. Um, um, and so those are some of the things. Deployments going to, um, going to cause them... Uh, literal uh, business change, and you don't want to be doing that every day. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's really that really. So, essentially, um, if I if I can summarize what, what what you were just saying, it's not that DevOps is hard in the enterprise necessarily. It's that everything is hard in the enterprise because of the nature of the enterprise. They're doing more with less. It's, there's loads of pressures. 
it's that there's there's not enough money to go around, et cetera, et cetera. And then equally, DevOps is the solution to some of those pressures, but then it faces uh, exactly the same pressures as, as anything else you might see. Yeah, I think I would say that. I would also say that, I mean, the hard thing about enterprises is, you know, uh, is really picking the types of things uh, to do and what to focus on and what level of focus to put into it. Uh, and that's what I think making enterprise uh, work is a little bit more challenging, right? So, you know, in a startup, um, I think it's a little bit easier to say, uh, you know, we're starting with a brand new stack. We're going cloud native. We're going to build up CI/CD pipelines from the ground up. Uh, we're going to put, put all of our testing into unit testing. These are going to be our development standards, and uh, we'll, we'll evolve them over time as the complexity increases. Relatively easy way to start with DevOps when when you are uh, working in an enterprise, right? You might have um, an application that has a mix of new and old technologies. The old technologies may not have uh, uh, built-in te testing frameworks. We might have to lift and shift those components into the cloud. Uh, we might be able to modernize other uh, areas, particularly around the user experience. Um, and uh, we have to think about the volume of activity and the workflow around those applications from the from day one. And so that that how to orchestrate that is really the decisions an enterprise has to go through, and it requires some strategy. It requires some thinking around it, um, and it re relies some coordination. You know, so uh, an, an enterprise that decides to go, you know, a full pedal into CI/CD and doesn't think through the testing ramifications. That may not work so well compared to a startup that can, you know, uh, uh, can fail faster uh, with a testing of a new application and adjust their testing strategy as they learn more. So, as a matter of interest at this point, um, something that you, you you also cover a lot is, is digital transformation. Mm -hmm. uh, is there? I mean, is using DevOps part of doing? I hate to use this term, but I can't think of a better one right now. Uh, it, doing digital transformation, there must be a better way of saying that, my goodness. Um, or So is it a symptom? Is it a cause? Is it something that runs in parallel? Uh, or are they just uh, um, um, different manifestations of, of, of the same progress from the enterprise perspective? Yeah, I would describe it as something that needs to run in parallel. I think the best way to see that is uh, in a digital transformation effort, you're going to pick certain strategic programs that re often require doing things in agile, putting some new platforms out, developing new user experiences. And so, you know, early on, that development team is able to move pretty quickly because everything is ground floor um, and easy to work with. And then as Agile continues on, that team thinks about how to take what it's doing out of dev and move it into testing and moving it into production, and uh, then later on supporting it in production. And so what you find, um, if you do not invest in DevOps in parallel to that, is that over time that Agile team is spending less and less time on application development and spending more time on the operating side, right? And it's because they haven't automated deployments, they haven't automated testing, they haven't used infrastructure as code to set up their cloud environments. And so instead of, you know, 
80 to 100% of their time being spent on user experience, you see that percentage dropping off to, you know, 60, 50, 30% as they're having to do what operating teams have to do, manage clouds, manage automation, deployments, and things like that, manage response to incidents. And so I think DevOps um, needs to be running in parallel to those application development efforts. Um, I think uh, the teams need to think through uh, what level of automation is needed, when it needs to be introduced, um, and, and how to orchestrate those things. And so if, if those are done correctly, you end up with you know sort of the best of all three worlds right you have an agile team working with new platforms um, mm -hmm. you have it uh, built up in a cloud native environment uh, with the orchestration to set up new environments when you need them um, and you have you know some semblance of deployment uh, integration and testing happening in an automated way so if you don't do that in digital transformation essentially what you've done is built another application that becomes another legacy system it just happens to be on more modernized platforms and maybe running in the cloud that's that's really interesting I mean, so those three things you've got the orchestration automation and then agile process did i get it right yes but, yeah uh, and what i have seen i've, I've spoken to uh, um companies in um in certain customer facing sectors let's say i'm not going to mention any names here that <laughs> got got part of that right uh and ended up in exactly the situation that you're talking about and essentially the the devops team was less and less able to deliver over time to the extent that it was less and less able to bring value to the organization and in the end uh, a lot of the projects were wound up because um they just weren't delivering as efficiently and therefore you know, why do it if you're not delivering efficiently um yeah you might let's as well not bother at all yeah let's let's dive into that since we're talking to enterprises here right what mm -hmm. what makes an application become uh, a legacy system over time. And it's really, you know, over time that application becomes more complex. Uh, it has, you know, uh, more complexity into its architecture. It has more technical depth. It requires more steps to deploy, more steps to test. And then over time, not only do you have that complexity, but you probably have, you know, your star people moving on to other applications uh, and you have some attrition in that development group. And so you're left with a system that fewer people know how to deploy and fewer people know how to test um, and an architecture that has fewer uh, capabilities to go out and address technical debt with. That's what mm -hmm. makes a legacy system. Now, if you are building up standard automated ways to do your deployments, standard automated ways to do testing, and a healthy way of introducing uh, technical debt priorities on top of your business priorities, um, then you're less likely to see that application become technical debt because as soon as somebody needs to do a deployment, um, there's already a road paved for them to test it, and there's already a road paved for them to deploy it. There's already a standard way to deploy that infrastructure. And to me, that's really what separates um, a legacy application from a modernized one. Uh, that's, uh, I'm, try I'm trying to get this straight in my head because I think that's the, the, the core of this very podcast, if I may. This is going to be going in the summary, is about not, not how to do, yeah, not how to stop DevOps being so hard, but how to stop DevOps becoming just like any other development uh, that, that delivers uh, 
what's going to ultimately result in Bitcoin being yet another legacy system. And it, it's that uh, wrapping of uh, inefficiency that legacy systems have, as you say, less people, more more effort required just to do any single deployment. Uh, and those two factors kind of cross on the diagram. Uh, we've got loads of diagrams. There's, there's, there's an imaginary PowerPoint deck in my head, as we've always got a picture <laughs> with a triangle on it. Now we've got a picture with, with crossing lines, and there's going to be a, you know, a little kind of uh, jaggedy thing in the middle of that where you know, when those lines cross, that's when things get really tough. Um, and uh, so uh, that's, that's what we're trying to avoid here. So if you're going into an organization, uh, I mean, I don't know how this works, but essentially, as you look at an organization, you look at all the different aspects of that organization, what are you looking for um, in order to, A, help them deliver the success side of things, and then, B, uh, not do the bad, not do the stupid, not 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 kind of make the obvious uh oh, well, if you don't have that role or if you don't do ABC, you're already heading in the wrong direction. How, how, how do you start to understand that stuff and, and start to, to engage with the organization to, to resolve that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, let me talk first in some general practices, um, some things that I uh, uh, recommend and talk about in my book, Driving Digital, and that I cover on my blog. I think when you look at enterprises, you know, the reason it's called DevOps, actually, I, th I think, is, you know, this notion that you can develop on the that you can develop on the left side uh, and then hand over the application to support to the operating teams on the right side. So, the, you know, the first fundamental thing um, is that that, that um, practice has to break, right? Uh, those operating teams need to be part of the development process as applications are being developed and upgraded. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be on the same agile team or that you have to realign and uh, restructure your, your uh, organization and change your reporting structure. It means that they need to be part of the process. It means that they need to learn some new skills. Uh, right, so what you know, whatever your CI/CD tools are going to be, whatever your continuous testing tools, you know, whatever tools you're going to use for infrastructure as code, those are all new skills and technologies that your operating teams need to learn. But they need to be evolving what's being developed in parallel to your application teams building it. Uh, and so that's a fundamental difference that I think enterprises uh -huh. have to uh, uh, put into their practice and their mindset and the collaboration that's different. Now, how they go about doing it is really dependent on circumstance. Um, and so let me give you a couple of examples. Um, I worked with one university. Um, they were used to uh, doing things very separately. Uh, they asked me to run a workshop for them. They wanted to do some piloting around CICD. Um, I found out very quickly that they weren't in inviting their operating teams to the table. Uh, the operating teams were already experimenting with Puppet. The development teams wanted to experiment with Jenkins. And I said, look, guys, if we're going to do a workshop, we got to bring both teams together. Uh, we have to be operating as one. We have to think through what mm -hmm. applications we want to start with. Uh, we have to define what uh, success needs to look like in this pilot. Um, 
and uh, we have to decide, uh, you know, which types of stacks to focus on. And so um, that was very much, you know, we picked two stacks, uh, one focused on testing, one focused on infrastructure and uh, piloting infrastructure as code. Uh, we defined success criteria and we went worked through a few month pilot. Um, why did we go down that path? Because the organization uh, was very distributed. They needed to show that the investment in these technologies had value. Uh, they had to show that there was a new form of collaboration their data development and operating teams could have. Uh, and so they wanted to start small and show collaboration and success with automation as a starting point. That's uh, very different from uh, another one of my organizations that uh, is on a rapid time frame to move to the cloud uh, for various reasons. They want to, you know, get that done on a tight time frame. And, uh, you know, that organization, I said to them, you know, let's talk about what's going to make that migration successful. And what we came away with was, well, uh, we have a huge volume of work, uh, of, of workflow, a mix of customer and internal workflow that goes onto these applications. Uh, we don't really have a good way to test this thing. Um, and so, you know, even though their initial work was around deployment, uh, we're shifting focus and doing a lot of work around how do we build end-to-end -end testing so that when an application, a workflow, an API, or a service is moved into the cloud, there has a stable way of testing and doing an A-B analysis to make sure that it's still performing well in the new cloud environments. Um, so. Two different ways, uh, both required bring teams together, both required some prioritization in terms of what to focus on, uh, and both will require road mapping to bring the other disciplines in place over time. And um, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I, I've just invented a new word in the middle of you saying that and it's distracting me, so I'm gonna have to get it. <laughs> one of the things I've been talking about uh, with, with a lot of people is a lot of uh, DevOps practice seems to be quite heavy on the dev and not very heavy on the ops, which uh, uh, so um, I've spoken to, for example, to Andy Mann at Splunk about uh, uh, it's like DevOps uh, and what it needs to be is kind of DevOps uh, uh, and bringing those things together. But the, the, the new word for today is DOPEV because it's actually about putting ops inside the dev. I appreciate that. Um, I do. <laughs> now, Andy and I have talked about that a few times, and 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 I referred to him a blog, to a blog post I did, and this was probably like three years ago, and uh, the image of it is it says seize the day, and it's really about ops, really understanding and working with more of these technologies than what Dev is doing. Um, it means they have to understand automation, uh, programming, coding more than they've ever done before. Uh, and the reason, again, is if I have, you know, whether it's two developers or 200 developers, um, I want them focused on moving the business forward. That's, you know, around data and analytics and user experiences. Um, and that means I really need the ops teams to pick up the automation, uh, particularly around deployment, um, you know, around testing, around infrastructure. And yes, that's the new skill set for them to do. But, you know, that's essentially where I want the alignment in the organizations that I work with. And that fits with uh, one of the other things you mentioned right up front was around uh, uh, how to make organizations more data driven. So being able to use 
uh, feed data-drivenness into the DevOps cycle as well, which fits with everything you're saying around um, success criteria and then being able to measure that stuff. Yeah, I mean, think about when that application is now in production and you're doing, you know, iterative uh, and frequent deployments, you know, one of the disciplines inside DevOps that isn't talked about enough is the monitoring side um, and the ability to get, you know, really good feedback in terms of, you know, maybe a deployment didn't work as well as you thought it was going to work. And can you find that problem quickly and find root cause to it efficiently? Um, That's Mm -hmm. part of this. Um, And, you know, the question is not only can you do it quickly and efficiently, but who's doing it, right? If you have to call your developers in every time there's an operating issue, uh, that's lost productivity when they're looking into root cause. So uh, monitoring uh, for issues and incidents is is a big factor, Um, but also monitoring for capacity um, and understanding when things need to scale up and scale down. I mean, you have all this cloud infrastructure uh, that requires tuning around its, you know, its parameters and its elasticity and giving the tools for the operating groups to understand how to do that well and efficiently and to build the rules in for that. Um, that's the new toolkits that we have to provide our operating world, uh, and that's a you know a whole another level of of uh, collaboration that needs to happen as applications are built. So, two, two questions uh, to 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 round off with, uh, which I'd normally just ask the ones, but uh, I'm in, I'm intrigued by what you think about the second one. Uh, so, the first question that I'd normally ask is, okay. Um, Actually, I wouldn't normally ask this of everybody. <laughs> I'm seriously waffling now. Not everyone, not everyone's going to be able to access Isaac uh, Sokolik. So, um, uh, if you were to kind of give people advice on how to how to take their own organisations forward, what would you say on this podcast that where they should start looking, where they should start addressing, uh, how they should take those first steps? Yeah, so I would say a, f- a few things. First is, uh, and this is going to sound a little bit cliche, but you know you need to define your DevOps roadmap based on real true business needs. Um, and so it, DevOps is a very technical practice. It's very easy for the technologist to you know, read material generically and want to, again, do deployments daily, if not hourly in some cases that may be well above what the operating needs and the business needs are. And so you have to take a step back and say, you know, what do we really need from this thing? What's going to move the needle Uh for us Uh, and get strategic around that first and use that as a guidepost. I said, I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is what we covered um, around letting ops do ops Right, and so it's very easy for the developers to leave the world of moving the business forward and enter the world of making systems perform better. Um, I think that's a dangerous step uh, to allow that to happen too too quickly and too frequently. Um, And so I think a lot of it is um, letting operating teams learn the new skill sets, partnering when required. Uh, and when advent, uh, when there's advantages to do that, but let the operating teams do their job. Uh, and I think that's a, a big part of it. And I think the third thing is if I were to pick one place to start, right, that um, I see people leaving behind, I really like teams starting out with testing. Um, that's counterintuitive from, uh, you know, focusing on CICD or focusing on infrastructure as code. Uh, it's very hard to do things 
uh, reliably and faster without having some test automation in place. And so you'll see a lot uh -huh. of my writing focus on the test automation and testing practices because I think it sort of is uh, talked about second and third compared to uh, the automation built into deployment and, um, and infrastructure. So those are the three things that I would advise people to look at. That's awesome. And the other question I, w I was going to ask is, how will those things change over time? And how, how do you think DevOps will change over time? Will it just become, will we still be having these conversations for uh, organizations as they're adopting agility best practices in 10 years time? Or will it just be intrinsic to the way we're working at that point? Or will it just, we'll just have automated the heck out of everything and so we don't need to talk about it anymore? How, how do you see things moving? Well, I think the the easy, the things that we're doing th today will become easier. Uh, there'll be more tools around it. There'll be better skills around it, and then there'll be an, a new set of emerging things that uh, that you know, depending what our strategy and business needs are, be going to be the emerging things we need to focus on. So, you know, I could do automated deployments ten years ago on my Red Hat environments on using Tomcat using basic shell scripting. Um, and I could do a full deployment and it was hard uh, and you didn't find many organizations to do that that did that and today you find there's a half a dozen platforms that can automate deployment um, the scripting is well relatively well understood there's plugins for all the major environments whether it's infrastructure or applications um, there is some a learning curve with it but it's far more accessible to do automation there uh, if you're telling me we're going to do automated machine learning deployments, uh, models at scale, and push that code to the edge, uh, so a mix of edge computing and cloud computing, um, and uh, do this on IoT devices as well, we're going to find that you know not as easy. Uh, requires a little bit more orchestration and skill set uh, to be able to do those types of things. And then in, you know, in five years, that will become easier. And there'll be a new set of things that, depending on the boundaries your organization is pushing, that you'll have to learn and compete with. Um, that's the nature of technology. And I think it's playing out um, in the cloud space, in the development space, and in the data and DevOps space as well. Oh, well, that, that's absolutely awesome. and. Uh, um uh, link, linking right back to, to, to what you were saying at, at the very beginning, which is um, how we can make this uh, this uh, just not turn into the next level of legacy, if you like. And uh, I think that's what I've really taken away from from this from this uh, from this podcast. So thank you very much for that. And not just saying, "Hey, get with the program. We want to start doing it," which is. <laughs> As you said before, it's just uh, uh, yeah, easy to say and, and hard to do. So uh, delighted to speak to you, uh, Isaac, today, and, and thank you so much for, for your time. And uh, we'll certainly put some links up for uh, these articles and blogs uh, that, that you've been mentioning uh, so that people can read those as well. Thank you. Awesome. Great meeting, everyone, and uh, have a great day. And thanks, John, for having me. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in DevOps, please check out the other ones. Scaling DevOps for the Enterprise is the focus of a recent report John wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about how digital transformation is evolving, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on IT operations and business strategies.